have you here um, joining us today in, in person for our prayer time. Um, I'm always encouraged when, when God's people come together for prayer. And we have a, a small group, and, but a faithful group, coming together for prayer today. My heart is always burdened by um, the smallness of our, of our group when we pray. I know God hears all of our prayer, and it's not about uh, prayer, and I don't want to discourage those who are here. But I wonder why more people don't come and pray. If you're listening up on the internet, you need to know that your physical presence is needed for that encouragement. It's the reason why when Jesus left, um, he, he prepared his disciples saying, I know you're going to be sad when I leave, but I'm sending you, and he called him another comforter. I'm sending to you a comforter who will take my place where I couldn't be here always with you in presence because I'm going to be with the Father. I'm sending him to always be with you, and he's going to have a greater presence than I do because in my, in my physical form, I could be at one place at one time. But in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can be present with all at all times. And and there's a need for that presence. Um, and God has given it to us because he knows we need that presence. And so uh, my heart is burdened today for prayer, um, especially, I know it's a personal matter, but um, my wife is going into surgery tomorrow. And uh, her surgery is, is a, you know, I, I don't want to over-dramatize, but it's, it's twice the surgery that she had when she originally um, had the operation. And it's, it's almost three times as long, and it's a very serious surgery. So I ask for you guys here, thank you for your prayers. I know you've been praying, and I want you to continue to pray. And if, if you haven't been here and you're hearing over the, the Internet, I want you to pray. We miss your presence here because of that. I wanted to pray for her Sunday as a group, and uh, I thought, well, I'll just do that Wednesday. And then Wednesday came, and she wasn't feel, feeling well enough. He had to take a lot of things to prepare for surgery, and she wasn't feeling well enough to be here tonight. So um, I'm kind of down that, that I'm not able to have her present and us lay hands and, and actually pray for her. But we're going to pray anyway for her, and, um, and uh, I'll have to try and communicate that to her when I, when I go back home tonight. <clears throat> so appreciate, um, I appreciate you doing that today. Um, tonight, for our encouragement in God's Word for prayer, I want to uh, complete the theme that we looked at last time, and it was the theme, following some of the themes in Ecclesiastes, um, we looked at three general themes in Ecclesiastes, and we used those for encouragement to pray. The first one is we lived in a messed up world, so pray, <laughs> rely on God, pray. We, we, we uh, we sing a song of standing in the need of prayer, and uh, it's, it's real. It's important. Because of the messed up world that we live, I could say it this way, because of the messed up times that we're living in, we need to pray, and we need to, we need to continue to pray. So Ecclesiastes brings that out, that this world is not fair, it's not loving, 
It's not compassionate. Uh, it's not easy living this life. It is a messed up world that we live in, and so we need to pray. Um, we said under that theme is don't be surprised when you see things that aren't right. Don't be confused. Don't be discouraged. And don't be ill-equipped, but pray. The second theme we found in Ecclesiastes was life is fleeting. It's vain. So spend it wisely. The psalmist said this prayer, Lord, teach us to number our days so we can apply our hearts to his wisdom. Life is fleeting, um, so spend it wisely. And can I add to that? Pray. <laughs> Pray. Um, we have moments, we have opportunities, we have things that are occurring um, that won't always, we won't always have those opportunities to serve God, to pray, to pray together. As I mentioned, I wish I had prayed with the full congregation with, with Donna, and now I don't have that opportunity. Life is fleeting, so pray. The third theme that we looked at found in Ecclesiastes that death is inevitable, so pray. <laughs> death is inevitable, so live wisely um, and pursue God. Know that our time here is limited, so take advantage of that time. Take advantage of, do what counts for eternity. That's why I'm so glad we're here tonight. We could be other places. But what's more important than, than seeking God's face in prayer on behalf of the circumstances that we find ourselves in? As I think about prayer requests, I think about um, our loved ones that we, we mention all the time. Uh, it makes me think about um, Beverly. She would always ask for prayer for uh, uh, her, her sister and her son. And we pray continually for them. Um, and so um, it, it just reminds us life is, is, is brief, death is inevitable. So what better thing to do than to, to pray? Ask God's blessing. Ask God's um, to intervene in situations and to pray. The last point I want to bring out today is this. Um, life finds purpose in obedience and worship. Uh, and I want to break that down. Life finds its purpose. In other words, we will fulfill the purpose that we have in life in obedience and worship. And, and I want to break that down this way. Obedience is the action and worship is the attitude. And what it's saying is our actions and our attitude need to reflect that we as believers have purpose and we, we found our purpose. That's why life is not just vain and empty for us because we have purpose in what we do and how we think. What we do is that obedience. How we think is that, that mindset of worship that we have. Um, and Ecclesiastes brings this out in several ways, but it, it's, it's real easy to see in the conclusion in the book in, in, in chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. So I'm going to turn there. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. 
the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. He sums up it by saying, hey, the end of the matter, it's all said and done. Here's what's significant. Here's what we're left with. Fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God is the attitude that we need to operate in life with, an attitude of worship, of reverence, right? Fear God talks about how we ought to think about God and how our thoughts ought to be centered in, in God, right? Um, before, before God saved us, we didn't always center our thinking in him. We usually centered our thinking in our own selves. What am I going to do today? What, I wanna, what do I want to make of my life? What do I want to be? What do, I, what do I want to accomplish? And now, because Christ has saved us, and Galatians says, you know, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Um, so he says, now that Christ has saved me, how, how do I think? My thoughts are centered around God. Fear God, he says. If my thoughts are centered around God, wouldn't prayer be an important and essential part of my daily living? I'm convicted when I say that, right? Wouldn't prayer be a daily and an essential part of, of my daily living if I'm to center my thoughts around God? Wouldn't I be praying for the little things in my life? Lord, help me this day. I'm driving to work or, or um, if my work is driving, keep me safe. Keep me alert. Help me to think in, in right ways. Um, so my, my thoughts are centered in, in God. To fear God doesn't just mean be afraid of him. Yes, he's an awesome God, and we need to regard him in the right way. But to center our whole being and our whole thought on him. Then it says this, fear God. The second part it says, and keep his commandments. Keeping is, is the action, right? It's the thing that, that we do. So he says, be right in your thought and your action, in your, in, your, in your action and your attitude, if you want to use two A words, action and, and attitude. So he sums it up. Life finds its purpose in those things. Fear God and keep his commandments. In, in how we think and having that thought centered around God, and then what we do in obedience to God. Before we knew God, um, our actions weren't centered in who he is and what he requires. But now it should be. And that shouldn't be an empty thing. It shouldn't be a, a drab thing. It, it, it should drive us and, and uh, um, energize us in that way. And then he gives us a little motivation. Verse 13, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. He, he summed up all that we are in those two things. This is all that fulfills our purpose, 
right? This is the whole duty. Fear God and keep his commandments. So in our thoughts and in our actions, God needs to be centered in that. Too, too much of Christian thought is, I'm going to go to church on Sunday, and I've gone to church, I've been faithful going to church, and I've, I've fulfilled my duty. But Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your power, with everything that you are to love God. It says it's not just something we tack on at the end of the day. In fact, I, I think prayer, we do need special times of prayer. And we need special, we need prayer for a special occasion. Um, but in a real essence, prayer has to be like breathing every day. Sometimes we do things, normally we breathe without thinking about it, right? Until we have like a, some really traumatic experience and then we think about every breath that we have. If we have asthma, you know, and, and our breathing becomes labored, um, we think about how essential it is to breathe and how much we need to breathe and how good it is to be able to just take a breath. Um, um, but praying, um, so sometimes we take time to, to, to focus and to think about prayer, but our whole, our whole being should be in a communication with God. Lord, I need you. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that your Holy Spirit guides me. Help me through this day. Be my partner. Be, be, be my comforter today. Come along with me. I welcome you. Uh, one of the songs that I would sing um, I would sing just throughout today, and, and it just kind of reminded me uh, of, of um, communing with God. It's called Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. And I would find myself just humming that. And what I was saying is, Lord, I'm welcoming you. you. You're with me, but I want you to know that I welcome your presence today. Um, He's not like this guest that comes over your house and you clean up and get ready and you get everything neat. And then when he leaves, you're like, ah, I can relax now, right? Uh, he's not really to be like that. Um, he, 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 he's the one that moves in. <laughs> he's the one that's present with you all the time. And so we, 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 we should welcome him that way. Um, and so... Pray throughout the day and, and take time to, to recognize God's presence and, and God's goodness and uh, our, our need and our dependency on him. So he says this. Um, I, I was saying that the motivation he's given us is there as well in verse 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment. In other words, we're going to give account for all of our living and all of our lives. We're going to give account for all of our thinking and all of our doing. Everything that we think and everything that we do, we're going to have to give account to God. So our whole purpose then is to fear God or to center our thoughts in him and to do. Act in obedience to, 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 to who he is and who we are in him. Because, he says, because... God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Because God is going to look at everything um, 
that we do. That can be a fearful thing. It can be a very, um, but it's something that, that we ought to keep in mind. It's something that we ought to, we ought to know ahead of time and act accordingly. Um, yeah. I'm just going to add a few illustrations there, but I, I, I think we get the point. And so he has summarized what it is we do and uh, why we do it. What is our purpose and um, um, you know, how we are to live our life. I, I want to just use that to, to focus us on prayer tonight. And so um, let's, let's remember in prayer. Now, I'll, I'll wait for um, both Andy and Lawrence's uh, time, and we'll actually take some time and, and uh, ask you to pray for, especially for Donna tonight when we have that prayer time. Brian? Good evening, saints. All right, so what we'll do for our meditation <coughs> is we will, we're going to go back over the section that we did last week and just get into a little bit more depth into it. I am thankful for you guys being here. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit who fills us with wisdom and understanding of his word. Um, and we always have this battle when we go through the word, and so that's kind of why I want to um, go over this passage again, because it, it applies to unbelievers and to us. And so in this section we have this intense argument between Jesus and the Pharisees. And I'll just read it. It says, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I come from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. As it starts off with, Abraham is our father. We talked about that extensively last week. But I want to add to that. Jesus says, if you were Abraham's son or daughter, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. And we talked about that. Let's think of it this way. The point of the son is to continue the work of the father or to advance the work of the father. That is why Solomon is king after David was king. And after him, Rehoboam was king, and etc. And the whole point is 
a son is a good son when he expands his father's work and he's a bad son when he doesn't now I was thinking about this passage in terms of why do people not listen and people can include both sinners and ourselves right why do people not listen well the first one is like we said your line your lineage why do we not listen well lineage has two things two functions to it one is the DNA right if we don't have the DNA of God in us we would not be able to do what God commanded us to do but the lineage also means upbringing right and what does upbringing mean in God? Now, we know what being born of God is. That means to be saved. So somebody can't really listen to God fully if they're not saved. And we understand that. But what does it mean to be raised by God? And that's a second point that I think we don't often consider. But think about it this way. If you're raised by God, that means you've been disciplined by God. Think about the babies that we have in here. And I always think of the progression from my sons to youngest to oldest. I got Jordy, who's two. I got Ethan, who's four. I got AJ, who's six. And I have different expectations for them because of their level of development. For Jordy, he's still in diapers, but he's starting to get out of diapers, right? I teach him things, and I expect that I have to tell him the rules every other day. For Ethan, I don't have that expectation that I have to tell him the rules every day. He should remember what I told him yesterday. But there are still some things where he can get bent out of sorts, and he cannot remember some truths that I've told him, and I have to slow him down and remind him of the truths that I told him. And then AJ, I have the expectation that he will lose focus easily, but that he can learn almost as well as anybody else can learn. He just needs to add to his experiences. Now, I bring them up to say this. As believers, too often we have people who are in an AJ position who are still changing diapers, right? What I mean by that is, how can you say you're raised by God if you're not listening to the basics? What are the basics? Reading God's word, coming to church, obvious sin patterns broken. Right? That's the kind of stuff that it, it shouldn't really be. Right? It's the kind of stuff when you look at somebody and it's almost like like I would at AJ if he used a bathroom on himself. That's a shame. Right? You shouldn't be doing that. And so it is in a church. There is a need for shame. And it's the thought that that's beneath us as believers. That's beneath your level of maturity. You've not been saved yesterday. You've been saved. Right? So in that sense of lineage, we look at the low number of people who's here, and we know some people is at home and they don't have nothing better to do. That is a person who has wet themselves, right? It is a shame that you are not doing the obvious things. But then we have another level. Again, this is what I would consider the, the, the middle child thing. People who, because of life's circumstances, 
get bent out of shape. Right? They get discouraged, and then they do things that make no sense. They get discouraged, and they say, I'm not coming to church. Well, does that make sense? So this is the place of encouragement. This is the house of encouragement. And because you're discouraged, you're going to not go to the place of encouragement, right? If you talk to a person like that long enough, you, they will start to realize that the things they're, not, they're saying don't make sense. And the idea is to encourage them patiently for them to understand you are letting the circumstances that you're in dictate how you obeying God. But then we have the oldest child, right? And this is all of us to some degree. We can take our eyes off the prize. We can lose focus easily. We know the right thing to do. We're on the right track. We're growing. We're getting smarter in the Lord. We're doing all these things. But somebody's playing video games over here, and you should be doing homework, and you keep looking at that. Can't stop, right? Just can't stop. And many believers stay in this place of many things, right? It's almost the die idea, the joke. There was a, I forgot what movie it was, but they had a translator device on the dog. And the dog was talking to them, and he immediately cut the conversation and said, squirrel, right? Don't know what movie that was. But the whole point of it is, is that we as Christians get distracted by the silliest things, right? And I bring that up to say that if we know, let me just put it this way. Our attendance in this church based off of the things that we know that are going on is not good. I'll put it to you this way. When Beverly passed, or when Beverly was about to pass, that was a time to make sure that you didn't miss a Wednesday, right? Think of it this way. When do we need more prayer than that? When my grandpa was about to die and had died, that was a time to not miss that Wednesday. Like, that was a must come, right? So there is a need to understand what's going on around us and keep our focus. So when I think about my mom going to surgery, most of us knew that this was a day to come. For those who didn't come, they just are being selfish or distracted, thinking squirrel, when we're in the middle of something important, right? Now, do that make them unbelievers? Do that make them unfit for the ministry? Do that mean that we now had to go and beat them or meet them with the fist? No, but it do mean that there is a need for maturing, right? In the Lord, obvious things like that. So I'm thankful to you that are here because you need to hear this because you need to know how to minister to those who did not listen to the Lord, right? If they're not here and they could be here, they didn't minister to the Lord, and we got to figure out, are they Jordan, Ethan, or AJ? Which approach do we need? Now, that's the lineage. But then there's another part of it, which is you cannot bear to hear my word. This is the condition of a person who knows what God has said and knows is right, but knows the truth is something that they just don't want to accept. Right? 
oftentimes we see these people at funerals and marriages. They come to the church, they shouldn't have left. And the truth is hard to accept because there's a lot of pride in that decision to leave the church, right? And we see that person and the whole thought is, I'm still maintaining, I gotta prove to you that I'm still happy, I gotta prove to you that I'm still doing good, but you're not. You're not quite where you could be. I think all of us can get stuck in that stubborn mode, right? Somebody come to me and they say, Brian, man, you know, your bass too loud. Right there. Ooh, boy. It's a brick wall in the heart that get built, right? I don't want to listen. You know, Brother Lawrence said, you know, the bass this and that. He tried to be subtle, you know? And I'm sitting there like, nah, dog, right? But then I had to go until, so let me turn it down, right? And I'm all complaining in my heart the whole time. Oh, now they ain't going to be able to hear me doing my impressive this and that. And the whole thought about it is that we don't want to listen. Our natural instinct is if somebody tell us, don't go past this line, we, we tiptoe. Right? We all get there. That's just, you could say it's childish. I would say it's human. We all have that, right? Somebody tell us to do A. We want to do B. The other one is we might lie to ourselves. Right? Somebody is telling me that because instead of accessing the truth of what is being said and accepting that truth for what it is, and again, that's all of us are there. These are mature problems here, right? We ain't talking about AJ, Ethan, and Jordan no more. We talking about grown people stuff, things that we all deal with. So I just challenge us because the hardest thing to do is the simplest thing to do, which is obey the Lord. But what does obeying mean if you don't obey when you don't want to, right? That's the whole point of obeying. Obeying is not something that you always are happy to do. It's something that you sometimes have to make yourself do. Jesus said, oh, if it could be, this cup could be taken from me. But nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. So obedience is not easy. It's the hardest thing. But I think we often try to make it seem like it's, oh, you know, we always going to want to do that. But we're not. That's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge, and that's where the rubber hits the road. That's why you can't have church at home. Because nobody tells you to turn your base down at home. Right? Until we dwell with each other in community, we really don't know whether we're willing to listen and obey. We don't really know if we want to have faith in the Lord or in our loved one until the Lord takes the loved one away. We don't really know if we have faith to keep giving to the Lord until our finances get attacked. And it is in that the true lessons for the mature person begin. Right? So just think about those four categories, like I said. Then we got the mature, then we got them AJs, Jordans, and Ethans that need help too. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening, everybody. tonight. Um, today what I would like to pray about is let's 
show of hands, who in here has God provided for them in any way? I'll lift them hands off. <laughs> Who in here has God been patient with? Nope. All of us, right? So let's have that be our focus today. Um, Patty, can you pray for God's provision? And Charles, can you pray for God's patience? However you feel led. There's freedom in choice. <laughs> Lord, we just come to you tonight um, with open hearts, families in the church, Lord. We just pray for your vi provision, Lord, just watching over the little ones. The Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity to come to you in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for all the provisions that you provided for us, Lord. And we pray for now for just for patience, Lord. Lord, we need patience in our families. We need patience on our jobs. We need patience with even what's going on in this world, Lord, with our government, with this virus that's going around, with all the news that we hear about it, Lord. We need, we need patience, Lord, just to deal with each other in the church, Lord. And when we ask for patience, we must expect for you to put us in positions where that would be tested, where we will need to have patience, Lord. Lord, we need patience even with ourselves, Lord, because sometimes we, we expect more from ourselves than, than, than we truly uh, have, Lord. But knowing that we need to truly rely on you, and we need to just uh, continue to have faith in you, Lord. Lord, patience is something that we know that we can't have without the power of the Holy Spirit in us, Lord. So I just ask, Lord, that you would just continue to allow us to, first of all, examine ourselves daily to see where we fall short. And thank you for your patience with us. For we know, Lord, that if we or at least if you acted like we act, Lord, that none of us would be here today, Lord. So I just thank you again, Lord, for this time of prayer. Thank you for just giving me the opportunity to have patience in my life, to rely on you for the patience that I do need in every area that I've mentioned already, Lord. And I just ask now that your will be done in our lives. You get the praise, the honor, and the glory. In your son Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Lord, we want to continue in prayer. We just want to lift up um, basically your um, love for us, Lord, and your love for us in um, how you provide for us, how you provide for your children, how you provide for the church, Lord. Um, you are always there like when we need you, Lord. You're always there. Um, to provide for us in many different ways. Sometimes we think of monetary ways, but you are there for us to cry to. You are there for us to lean on. You are there for us for joy. Um, you're always providing for us, and you're always um, liberal with your um, gifts that you've given your children, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for being a God that loves us enough to be that way for us. Lord, we ask that you help us emulate this, Lord, and um, 
think of providing for each other in the same way, Lord, whenever it is possible. We just praise you for being patient with us. You've been patient with each and every one of us, Lord. Um, on a daily basis, you're patient with us. We are imperfect, Lord, and we continually need to go to you um, for forgiveness, to go to you, to rely on, Lord, and you're just patient with us. Sometimes um, we make mistakes. Sometimes um, we want to rush headfirst into things, Lord, but you're patient, and you guide us, and you lead us, Lord, and um, you've been patient for us in many things, especially, as Charles said, even in um, our sinful nature, Lord, and even with the world as it is today, you are patient. You're patient to do things according to your will and um, your timing that is best. And we just thank you for that, Lord, and we also ask that you help us to rem remember this and to be patient in that same way, to emulate you in, your, in our patience, Lord, and um, be mindful of it as the times when we want to hurry. Sometimes we get caught up in the moment and we get caught up in um, the things that we're dealing with, and um, sometimes we forget that we have to just stand back and be patient. Help us to be that way. In your name we pray. Amen.